Welcome back to another episode of the Startup Therapy Podcast. This is Ryan Rutan. I've got my hot cup of coffee. I've got Will Schroeder, my partner, and Startups.com CEO. What do you say we do another episode of the uh, the podcast here, Will, and talk about leaving our startup stress at work? Wait, startups are stressful? When did that become a thing? <sighs> yeah, oh, just, I'm just that <laughs> all the time, man. You just, you just woo-sawing over there? I like it. No, I like no it. stress Good. for this guy. <laughs> Busy meditating over here. What stress? What stress exactly? I don't remember. Again, I'm just going back for a second. I, I can't think of a single discussion. I mean, pre-podcast, like in the early parts of my career, I don't remember a single discussion about leaving your stress at, at work. Like I remember every every discussion was you have stress at work. That was the end of the discussion. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't yeah, like yeah. a follow-up discussion. It was just like, sorry about your luck. And I feel like, I don't know, what do you say, Ryan? Like over the last 10, 15 years, you know, mindfulness has kind of come a little bit more to the, the, the forefront. Mental health has come to the forefront. Um, we've got all these really important things that are all kind of, you know, coming together at the same time. And for the first time in kind of forever, uh, you know, startup stress is, is a real conversation that people are having and, you know, trying to take uh, real deliberate methods to, to address, which didn't used to be a thing. No, it wasn't at all. I mean, and, and luckily it's, you know, it's not isolated to, to startups and startup founders. You know, this is a, a broader conversation that a lot of people are having now about, you know, how, how can we be less stressed? How can we, you know, take better care of ourselves? Wellness is, is you know, a, a much bigger focus than it was in, in decades past. Um, mindfulness is, is definitely a big piece of that. Um, yeah, and I, I think that just by having that conversation, putting it out there, um, it, it helps a ton um, and you know, you and I have had a lot of, lot, a lot of conversations around this and, and things right. that we've specifically done to try to, to fight this off. Um, but you know, I find talking about startup stressful, stressful, right. Or startup <laughs> stress, stressful, right. Just, just, just even thinking about like, oh my God, maybe I am stressed. Shit. I don't know. Was I stressed before we started talking about it? Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, I mean, look, uh, for, uh, for me and, and for you know, pretty much every single other founder it's in, you know, you Ryan, everybody it's uh, startup stress comes part and parcel with a startup. However, yep. we have located some, uh, mystical means to be able to kind of manage some of this stuff. I've certainly gotten geometrically better at it. Uh, you know, which I'm, I'm excited to share, but and people are going to think that, you know, um, I'm speaking from a standpoint of, you know, I'm just kind of this Zen monk on a, on a grassy knoll somewhere, just kind of like meditating and you know, staring off into space. When in fact, when I say that... I can confirm that he's not. I can confirm <laughs> that he's not. <laughs> oh, we're on video now, man. Everybody knows. Just some idiot in a baseball cap. Uh, but... You talking about me or you? I can't see you right now. Yeah, You're yeah. wearing a cap too? Okay, yeah. <laughs> it's Idiots in baseball caps. <laughs> uh, but, but I mean, really... Uh, the, the the truth is my stress level was so disproportionately high from the get-go that yeah. anything I could figure out how to do to cut that down, you know, made a world of difference. And to be fair, you know, I've I've again I've made a world of difference. But I think part of it, and again, Ryan, I'd be curious to hear your thoughts here, but I think part of us kind of leaving stress at work is just even knowing we can. You know, even yeah. knowing that that's that's uh that's an option because right. A lot of us, uh, I I don't know that we do. You know, I don't know that, that we we do realize that we can kind of separate the two. Um, and I'd be curious, kind of how how are you separating the two? Just at, at its core, did you always and and what's it like now versus then? 
Well, you know, when you when you walk out of your office, I mean, we're we're still in COVID, folks. We're still we're still doing that fun thing, so that that's still part of life. Um, so you know, when when I walk out of my office, which is just upstairs in my house, and and I walk downstairs, I don't have room for work stress because now I have to make room for three kids worth of stress. Yeah, yeah, so you know, <laughs> now it's, it's that's that's not true. Um, yeah, you know, I, I think that going back to what you just touched on, which is that we now have this sort of implicit permission that it's, it is okay to do that. I, I think that was a, a huge fundamental step was that people started talking about it and it was like, yeah, actually you don't, you don't have to do that right there. That is definitely not a scout merit badge um, that you go home stressed out and that you hold on to all that and that, you know, somehow angst and stress is driving the success of your business or whatever right, else in life right. you're trying to accomplish. Right. So I think just, you know, when we talk about permission a lot, but I think that really is a, a huge piece of this particular uh, puzzle is, is just knowing that, you know, I don't have to, right. Now, some of that comes from permission. Some of that comes from experience, right? I, I have been stressed out for significant portions of my life. And, and when I can go back and objectively pick those apart, the stress didn't make me any better at anything I needed to accomplish, right? Nothing wrong with having some urgency, nothing wrong with thinking about things and analyzing things. But if you just find yourself, and this was almost always the, the trigger for me, it was just these over over-the-top, never-ending analytical loops where I wasn't actually doing anything. I was just considering the problem over and over and over and over and just dwelling. Big time. Um, yeah. And that led to huge amounts of stress. And so, you know, I, the permission part of it was probably, I'd say, 10 or 15% in this case. 85% of it was just realizing at some point that it wasn't having any impact, right? And, and I was just smart enough <laughs> to pick up on that and say, I guess I don't need to do that anymore, right? And then that can be easier said than done. But I think that having, you know, been doing this long enough to have seen that that stress doesn't manifest itself in any useful ways. The anxiety wasn't helping me. It wasn't driving me onto greater things. Sure. It was just driving me nuts. And right. so, you know, with enough, with enough evidence on that side of the fence, it's like, you know what, just breathe. It's going to be okay. Don't need to stress out about this. Not only is it not going to help, it can be counterproductive. And, you know, after I told myself that about, I don't know, 2.6 million times, I finally started to believe it. Let's dig into the part where, where uh, I think a lot of people can appreciate, which is it's counterproductive, right? Oh, um, completely. Th this concept that the more I stress, the less effective I become. Now, uh, some folks will tell you the opposite. Some folks will say that that stress has this um, kind of enhancing factor that allows you to focus on something. And inherently, it does. I mean, you know, given the nature yep. of it. What we're talking about, Fight or flight though, mechanism. Yeah, correct, right? And, and for a moment, it's great. For a moment, it actually probably does, you know, raise you uh, or sure. to, to to what you need to do. Uh, however, uh, what we're talking about is when you when you never come back down, right? When you're constantly in a state of heightened stress. Yep. And look, startups are constantly stressful. But part of what we need to understand and kind of you know, work toward as founders is how to pace ourselves with that stress. See, yeah, for me. Uh, I used to just take it home every day, all the time, decades on end, right? All the <laughs> right. time. And, and, and the way I looked at it was my job is inherently stressful. That's just the way it goes. Uh, when I used to you know, uh, watch my dad work hard, he's a carpenter, um, and his back hurt and his arms hurt and everything else like that, I would just look at it as his job's inherently hard, right? You know, That's kind of what comes with the territory. The difference is I can choose to not bring that pain with me. Yeah. And yet I don't. That'd be like my dad choosing 
to have a sore back and be like, nah, let me just bring it home and see, you know, see how that works out as well. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. It's, it's just it's, not addressed then. Well, right. And, and so, uh, I think the first step you know, for me was recognizing that I don't have to carry this all the time, right? right? That, that there, there can be a logical breakpoint. And I would argue that after almost 30 years of doing this, I'm just starting to realize that I could have done that all along. It kills right. me to think of you know how long it's taken me to to realize that, and I don't think it's a factor of age. I think it's a factor of awareness. I think this is something that anyone at any age will appreciate differently as you have more reps in the planet, et cetera, and more experience. But I don't think it's specific to you have to have been around long enough to do this at all. I think this is one of those things where you, by all means, can start to attack it right now. Yeah. What's going to be really interesting for me is to see how, you know, there are people younger than, than we are, Will, it turns out. And I'm, I'm curious to see. Say it ain't so. As, <laughs> it, it's true. And it's a good thing. We're going to need their energy sometime soon. Mm -hmm. The, um, for, for people who've grown up in, you know, the kind of the current generation now, you know, as, as you know, people coming out of their, their teens into their twenties now, People who grew up with these conversations around, you know, the, the negative aspects of stress, the negative aspects of anxiety, um, the benefits of mindfulness and wellness um, to see whether or not, you know, they they get to this same precipice of stress that you and I both hit before we were able to uh, to, to make the leap into, like, let's not say Zen, but a more Zen existence, right? Uh, it's going to be interesting to see like how, how much that changes it. Right. Because I, I remember, you know, the, 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 the mantra growing up for me, was, you know, like you work hard, right. You, you, you put your nose to the grindstone. Like we had all right. of these phrases that, that left absolutely no room, right. The early bird gets the worm. I'm just, I'm just going through like, there's a whole litany of these things, right. That left absolutely no space to say like, Hey, take a breath. It'll be okay. No, no. It was a keep working, work harder, uh, you know, and, and then you'll get what you want. Right? right. And, and there'll be this, this magical outcome at the end. And so it'll be interesting to see for the folks who grew up without, uh, that, that sort of heavy handed, you know, work first, uh, you know, you, you know, don't, don't show your emotions on your sleeve. I used to, that was something my dad used to say me all the time. Right? Like, don't wear your emotions on your sleeve. Right. And I was like, I'm wearing short sleeves, dad. Where should I put them? I don't know what else to do with them. Um, so it will be interesting for me to see how that manifests as, as, you know, people who are coming into, into the stage where they're going to start starting companies now, you know, 15 years from now, will they have a very different perception of this? Will they have had a very different experience than we did? And I hope so. I, I absolutely hope so. I'm glad you brought up that point because I think as folks are listening to this, they should be very considerate of the fact that um, the days of hard work, the way what they used to be, which usually referred to manual labor, aren't yeah. what they are now. You know, most yep. of us have uh, jobs that that we're using our mind more than anything, more than our you know our bodies. Um, yet we don't we don't treat them the same way, right? When our right. bodies are tired, we sit down and rest. When our minds yeah. are tired. Uh, we pump more caffeine, right? Like we, <laughs> I, when you said mind is tired, I literally it, it reflexively reached for my coffee cup. Uh, right, right. I mean, look, it's it's we're we're at a point where our, our mind is our only muscle that matters when it comes to building our business, and we treat it horribly. We treat it we most do. horribly by applying a lot of what's essentially bullshit, made up stress yeah. to every aspect of our day. Now, I'm not pretending for a second that we can just turn it off like a light bulb. 
what I what I will say, and this is kind of what we can start to dig into, it is addressable. There are actual ways that you know, just like any other problem you'd solve as you know, as a, as a founder, uh, where you can dig in and you can say, okay, here's how I'm going to attack this thing. I'm going to get militant yeah. about it, and until it's it's fixed, like every other problem in our business, uh, I'm not going to let it go. So l- let's talk about that. Okay, yeah. So let's dig in on that, man. So, you know, when when we talk about isolating and attacking the problem, right? So I, I think this was one of the areas where I had a, a lot of trouble originally was that I felt like the the stressors were coming from so many different places that I couldn't really pick like, okay, if I was going to eliminate one of these, what would it be, right? Like, how could I, how could I determine, you know, which one of the stressors? Because that was my approach to it was like, let's figure out what's actually stressing me out. Um, and, and see if I can eliminate those. Um, I can tell you that wasn't actually the solution at the end. That wasn't actually how it worked, but that was where I started. Uh, back then, did you understand that, that stresses could be decoupled or did you look at it as I am stressed? So stress is, you know, one monolithic thing and, uh, that's, that's all there is to it. So in the beginning, yeah, I'm just, I'm stressed, I'm stressed. But then, you know, being the, the analytical uh, character that I am, I said like, well, but that's coming from somewhere, right? And so I mm-hmm. wanted to try to pick that apart as much as I could. And then I overanalyzed it and I realized there were so many little things that were, that were stressing me out. Um, I wish that I had understood the, the concept of keystone behaviors at that point, which is to say that there's like, there's typically one thing that leads to a cascade of other behaviors or, sure. or, or actions. And, and I think that would have helped a ton because it turned out there were a few, you know, kind of major things that were, that were really creating those. Um, and, and that it was the core stress that was allowing me to be stressed out by all these other little things. Um, but so yeah, I, I tried to pick it apart, and I tried to I tried to look at what all all of the the, the various factors could be, um, and it turned out there were a few that were pretty significant and and sort of worthy of at least some consideration, if not stressing out and worrying about it. Um, you know, I noticed that I would always get stressed out around around pay periods, right? So like every two weeks, I would have a little bit of stress <laughs> because I've got to make sure that I've got to pay all these people that work for me. Um, and, and back then, like there, there was nothing to fall back on. You know, we were, we were operating off of cash flows, um, and, and that was it. Right. So like, you know, cash flow goes down, you know, a client drops out, like that can lead to some, to, to some bad situations. Right. So, right. Wasn't a ton I could do about that other than focus on driving revenue, focus on client satisfaction. And so really trying to say like, okay, the problem, the thing that stresses me out is worrying if I can make payroll. Right. But that's not actually the problem. The problem that I can solve is let's make sure there's enough revenue. Right. And so what I tried to do then is I would start to feel stressed is I would start to feel that tightening in the chest and that little bit of worry, you know, well, is that client going to pay in time or we're going to have that cash in the bank? Um, I would just try to find a single action that was aligned with that stressor and take that step. Right. And, And that was a way for me to kind of rechannel some of that energy back into something positive. And, and that helped a lot. Let me build on that for a second. Because you said a couple things there that I really like. Um, you, started, you started in with saying that you identified what the stress was, right? Yep. And, and like you said a moment ago, um, this, at which point we leave any problem, stress is just one of them, but any problem in its least defined state, in this amorphous yeah. kind of broad state, we're screwed. Yep. Any problem not well-defined has already been lost. Any problem. And stress exactly. is definitely way at the top. <laughs> yep. If, if, if someone says, I'm stressed, and you say, okay, about what? And they're going to say, hey, uh, you know, 
we're, we're, we can't make payroll. Um, that is a portion of the stress, right? Yep. Because what you're really saying, and, and, and you're not just summarizing in some cases, what you're really saying is, it's not just payroll I'm concerned about. It's what's going to happen when my team doesn't get their paycheck. It's gonna. It's 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 what Correct. that's going to mean um, financially because we can't make payroll. How that's going to affect my mortgage payment? It's you know like there's there's all of these um, moving parts, and sometimes it's cascading, sometimes it's not. Sometimes the problem's acute. Sometimes I have a problem with this person, and that's kind of yeah. it, or this client, right? Um. But what I find really powerful, and, and I use this all the time to great effect, is being very specific. Like, you know, I, I journal a lot. So I just write my problem down. I specifically lay it out in the most concrete details possible. And not only do I fi- define what it is, I define what it isn't. And what I find very cathartic in this process is when I isolate things down to really their their smallest components, when I truly identify the stress for what it is, it's always way smaller than I thought. Yeah. The second component, uh, which, which you also touched on, you said, hey, I can't make payroll. That's my stress. But then you said, but I need to make enough revenue, you know, close a deal, what have you, in order to pay payroll. And then you're also stressed about that. You know, will I be able to bring in another client? Will I be able to get revenues in time? Will I be able to raise cash? Whatever it is. But then there's actually a problem inside of that. And that stressor is, will I be able to close the deal? Uh, who am right. I meeting with? Am I, is the investor taking my call? You know, in all of these things. What I found to be incredibly powerful was to be able to c- concentrate all of my focus on the smallest piece of that puzzle. The smallest piece being, if, if there's this whole litany of events, I can't make payroll, we need to raise money, uh, I need to be able to get in front of an investor, et cetera, et cetera. I try to concentrate all of my firepower on, is, this, is the presentation I'm about to have as good as it possibly can be? Um, have I reached out to enough investors? Have I done my follow-ups? You know, like, basically, I look for what's the smallest piece of actionable um, uh, next step that I can actually stress about. I find that to be wildly helpful because when I'm stressing about getting something right, it feels like a good stress. And that doesn't mean that I can also um, leave it at home, but I'm starting to compartmentalize it and kind of channel it in a way that's actually kind of healthy. I think about it less too, by the way. Yeah, no, I mean, the, the channeling, yeah, the, the channel, yeah, that's the other side of it, right? Like, just even even the step you were talking about, about writing it down, allows you to take it out of active active memory, right? Like, you don't need right. to keep it there. And you know, I've written it down, I've identified it, it's good now, I can, I can kind of park it for the moment. Um, but yeah, getting down to those actionable steps and being able to channel it into something that you know you can actually do, because like we said, like, if you're going back to the payroll example, I can't worry my way into making payroll. Right. I can't, I can't stress my way into making payroll. Payroll isn't the problem. It's, it's the, it's the symptom, right. Of of a whole host of other issues, um, that are solvable. Correct. At least in theory. Right. And, you know, I, I think the, the other side of that was too, like after, you know, I stressed about that, you know, month after month after month for the first 12 months, never missed payroll. So at some point I'm Funny like, why works. in the hell am I still getting so worked up about this right, when we've right. always found a way to make it work? And then from like the 12 month period forward, uh, I, I found a great solve for that. Right? I actually, I reduced what I was paying myself just a bit. 
um, and banked a little bit of cash in the company and built up a one month cushion for specifically for payroll. Cause it was the only thing I was worried about not being able to right. pay, right? Because right. I'm facing those people. They're sitting here next to me, um, on a daily basis and, and they're relying on this money and I want to make sure that it's there. Uh, and so from that point forward, then I took that one off the table, never ended up sure. having to use that rainy day fund. And, and so at that point it was like, all right, let's, let's find a way to not just to not be stressed about this, but to take it off the table completely. All right. Absolutely. And not always possible, but when it is, boy, did that feel good. Right. Boy, was that a great, great benefit um, that I gave myself by just simply cutting back for a month or two and, and banking that cash. And like, all right, we're good now. Okay. So, uh, you know, let's build on that. So I always kind of look at this as, as um, three different buckets to all of this. I think one is identifying that the stress exists. Now, now yeah. my point there is even if you do decide to take it home, just identifying it, isolating it kind of for what it is, um, and channeling the energy is healthy uh, no matter what you do. Yep. The second thing that I find is that isolating and attacking the problem, uh, it's important because if we don't recognize that this that, that our stress has a cost, we'll just keep internalizing. We just assume it's part right. of the business, right? That's right. But I think when we step back and we say, hey, if I keep getting stressed and distracted about all of this stuff versus being fully actioned, um, I'm less effective. Ergo, I'm actually going to be less likely to even solve these problems. Now, yep. that's a tough one. But what I found is that if I zoom out and I start to take a look at my stress levels as a problem that needs to be solved, remember, you know, we're decoupling here. I'm right. not talking about the, the, stresses, the, the, the stressful problems. I'm talking about my inability to deal with stress. If I decouple that and I say, look, um, if, if I continue to be shitty at this, which frankly, historically, I have been, uh, if I continue to be shitty at this, I'm going to be less effective. Conversely, if I can actually figure out how to, to conquer this or at least manage it better, I might have some, you know, some uh, extra turbo that I haven't been using. Yeah, it's absolutely a superpower. And turns out that's very much the case. Hundred percent. And so for me, this this wasn't just about you know well being and all those things are super important. It was I want to be more effective. I want to be more good at um, being able to attack these problems. And it turned out that the answer was I had to treat having problems as a problem to solve. Right. And I thought that that wound up being very powerful because when I isolate stuff, I'm really good at solving the problem, and this was certainly one of them. Yeah. I mean, like you said before, if you can't define the problem, you've already lost, right? But the minute you start to break that down into its right. constituent parts, you can take some action. And when you start to take some action, then good things start to happen in the same way that that stress unaddressed is a is a very rapidly compounding downward spiral. So is decoupling and, and relieving stress, right? To you, to what you were just talking right. about. At the point at which you can start to unwind some of that and, and not suffer from the stress, you get back extra hit points. You get back extra energy. You get more productivity, um, you know, more creativity. A lot of things start to change, um, which, by the way, also will help to keep you from getting re-stressed, right? It's, it's a very, you know, it's a very interesting problem that once you start to kind of turn the corner on it. I'm not going to say that it's a self-weeding garden. Uh, it's certainly not. It still takes effort and, and attention. Um, but I think once you, you kind of cross that midway point of, hey, I've actually eliminated some of my stress, 
getting further up that curve becomes a lot easier. And I, I think then it kind of gets exponential at some point in the same way that the downward spiral, spiral gets exponential really quick too. Um, when you become more stressed, to your point, you become less capable of dealing with the stress, which adds more stress, less activity, more stress sure. rates. So th the good news is the, the, the inverse is certainly true as well. And that when you do start to solve those problems, it becomes easier and easier to solve more of them. I used to believe that... Um I, I really just want to, you know, decouple stress. I want to manage stress just because it's better for my well-being. Right. And the truth is, I never, I'm not that concerned about my well-being. <laughs> I should be as I get yeah. older. Like, I really should be. But but I'd, being, I'd be, it'd be disingenuous if I were to say that that was my motivator. My motivator was this simple. I want to be more effective at work. So how can I be less stressed right. at work so I can essentially yep. do more work? Right. Now, again... Actually, I, I bet a lot of our audience will, will be able to relate to that. But um, it wasn't as altruistic as I'd love it to be. However, it was also really effective. It also came to me, uh, as far as my realization, um, almost by mistake. Because in Ryan, we've talked about this before. The first time uh, that I had to go home at 6 yeah. o'clock uh, to have dinner with my family, because first time you know, I had a family or a daughter, et cetera, was the first time I realized what taking a break and being forced to leave my work at home yeah. would do. And it was, the, I'll never forget it, man. The first week, uh, you know, I'm sitting at the dinner table and you know, dinner's chaotic because I've got, you know, got a newborn, you know how this goes. Um, but, but I'm, I'm really focused on what's happening there. Yeah. Right. And for the first time in my life, like it, typically six o'clock was like second lunch for me. Like I wasn't even remotely close <laughs> right. to dinner at that point. Right. Yeah. Like I like, didn't even, like, I wouldn't be leaving to go home for like six or seven more hours. Six o'clock or as I call it noon. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, like again, and I'm, and I'm not like trying to pound my chest, but just kind of the way it was, I, I frankly kind of regret it. But the point being, uh, all of a sudden, because I had to, cause you might commitment to my family. Uh, I had to force myself to kind of just take a moment and leave work at home. Right. And this magical thing happened. All of a sudden at seven o'clock, I had just like a slightly clearer head. Now I just, you know, turned stress back on and went back to what I was doing stress-wise. But then like over time, and this came with having a family, seven o'clock turned into eight o'clock and eight o'clock turned into nine, nine o'clock as far as, you know, kind of, you know, where my head was at and what I was focused on. Yeah. And all of a sudden, uh, for the first time I went to bed where from six o'clock to like nine thirty, I go to bed like an old man. Um, I didn't stress about anything. Right. I was just focused on other stuff. The moment I woke up, like you know, even that moment before you actually wake up, full stress, right? Like exactly what you think it is, right? You know, uh, back to full anxiety. But this weird thing started to happen where I started to cool off every single day in a way I'd never yeah. done before. And again, for a lot of people, this sounds obvious. Like, what kind of weirdo were you? But the truth is, I, again, I kind of fell into it by accident. But I started finding myself getting up the next day with a hell of a lot more energy than I ever had before. Yeah. Lo and behold, I was refilling the tank without even realizing it. And I started to realize this is the key. The power of distraction. Power of distraction. Yeah, I mean, so man, at that point, you know, whether you realized it or not, you were you were using a, a great technique for stress reduction, which is you're actively distracting yourself from the things that were stressing you out, right? The, the, Absolutely, you know, it happened Absolutely. sort of accidentally because the family, um, you know, there there were demands there, uh, you know, implied demands that you needed to be there, you needed to be home, and you needed to be paying attention to the kids, and then 
all of a sudden you find yourself in this blissfully different state of mind. Maybe, I mean, like I remember like it was like the first time that I wasn't solely occupied by, by work or some sort of uh, work related pursuit in like a decade. I was like, wow, this is literally like the <laughs> no, first time right? I've no. not, I've been, yeah, it was, it was a weird feeling. And I'm sure that you went through something similar. It's like, wow, um, I, I don't always have to be thinking about work. It doesn't always have to be in the back of my mind or the front of my mind or both. Um, yeah, it was an interesting realization for me. But um, so from that point, from that point, did you, did you then, uh, and I, I sort of know the answer to this, but for everybody who's listening's benefit, did you then start to actively seek out? distraction. We're using active distraction and we're not using rest, right? Yeah. I, I really want to explain the difference because rest didn't do <laughs> yeah. me any good. I, 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 that sounds kind of antithetical to a lot of people like, you know, is, isn't this really about rest? You know, leave stress at home and rest and relax and look at And if that works for you and wonderful, by all means, you know, rest. Does not work for me. Yeah. Right. But with an active mind, it's just, uh, you know, everybody's different, but like for me, it didn't at all. I would try to take a week off and, you know, sit on a beach or something and stare at the sun. And I came back more stressed. I came back more anxious. Yep. And it turned out, again, with this, this active distraction, that what I really needed, I needed my mind to be so en engrossed in something. But yep. in order for it to not, that something to not be work, I had to deliberately make it something else. Right. And the light bulb went off after a while. It was a dim, slowly lighting bulb. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and I realized that what I'd been missing all along was something to occupy my brain in a forcible way, yep. more so to overpower what was already kind of going through my head uh, prior. And I'll give you an example of where it didn't work. And this is or two examples where it didn't work. Yoga and meditation. Turns out two of the absolute worst things for me there's nothing <laughs> worse for me from from a reset uh in and recharge than to sit in a, a quiet room and be alone with my thoughts that those yeah. are somebody i do not want to be alone with whatsoever <laughs> <laughs> if alone with myself god no <laughs> oh it's terrible it's terrible uh and so i started to realize that the only way i was going to get uh your know, respite and you won't be able to decouple myself from stress yeah. is I have to go find something that actually physically and mentally overpowers my stress to the point where I just can't think about two things at the same time. Yep. And, you know, Ryan, you and I have, have, have wonderfully found multiple things that have kind of helped get us there. Uh, what would you say right now is top of your list that's, you know, keeping your mind in a, in a safe space? Top of my list right now is we've we've we're building this garden next to our house. We we have a very small yard in the main house, and so we we've got this secondary plot of land next to us, and and it's been fantastic. I mean, I wake up in the morning thinking about it. Um, I, I go to sleep at night, kind of planning what we're going to do. You know, this this coming weekend, I'm working now. Um, you know, so this is it's going to cross over into some of the stuff you're doing. But um, I'm I'm building our chicken coop now because we're going to start. Well, we actually already have the chickens; they're just running loose in the yard right now. Um, so building a chicken coop, you know, I'm, I'm doing these things that, that require active thought. But before I go into this, I want to back up for a second because I, I want to go through, you know, kind of the, the process I went through to get to to where I am now in terms of my ability to do this. And I, coming into say my late 20s, maybe right into my early 30s before I, I, I caught this, 
I had written myself off as an insomniac. I thought I was the kind of person who just had insomnia and there was nothing I could do about that. And it would just always be, be kind of part of who I was, um, that I would just have trouble sleeping. Well, it turned out the reason I had trouble sleeping was because I had stress and anxiety. Um, and when I would go to sleep, it would, it would exacerbate, right? So in those oh, moments yeah, as I was worst. going to sleep yeah. or I would the wake up with it in, right. And I would just wake up with these like, you know, cold sweats and just feeling really anxious and really awful. And what I, what I realized was that I wasn't doing anything to transition. And I, I think this is, for me, this was the big one. And I'm, I'm going to say something about your, your meditation and, and yoga here in a second. I have a hard time with those kind of things too. If I don't first transition, I need something more strongly distracting to get me out of work and analytical mode before I can do that. We've talked about this in a couple other contexts. Um, Ellie and I, Elliot and I spent a lot of time talking about this one, which was how do you transition? You know, we spend our whole day adulting at a professional level, right? Like we are, we are pro athlete adulters. Um, we spend all day doing this and, and, you know, high level thought, high level discourse, you know, working on really important things. And then we have to transition immediately into, I want you to read me this coloring book upside down and backwards, dad. <laughs> right, right, right. It's hard, right? It's hard. And I realized that what I needed to be a great dad, what I needed was 20 minutes to transition out of work mode and to come down a bit to be able to be the best father that I could be to my kids. Um, that if I tried to do that instantaneously, I didn't really get out of work mode and I wasn't really fully present, right? And so it was the same kind of realization I had with sleep was that I needed something strongly distracting uh, to pull me out of that mode and to allow me to change that pattern of thought. And, and then I became, a, I'm actually a great sleeper now. I'm so good at it. Um, game changer. Yeah. It, and it, it is, it's a huge, huge game changing element. Like I don't wake up tired anymore. I wake up excited. Um, but again, like I, there, there are certain things that I can just easily fall into, right? Like if you tell me, Ryan, go fishing right now, I need no transition. I just need water and a boat. Well, not even a boat, a kayak will be fine. <laughs> or a shore, you know, what have you. Other things like uh, meditation was a great example. I cannot just, I, I know people who can do it. And they're like, man, when I get stressed out at work, I just take 15 minutes, I go, I meditate. Um, that would just be me sitting with a screaming voice inside my head uh, in silence. Like that's what that would be for me. I have to have a little bit of a transition between those things. Um, so for me, I think transition is probably one of the biggest keys to decoupling um, stress and, and being able to kind of park it and leave it where it belongs. I agree. And, and look, I, I, again, it, uh, everyone's mileage varies. Everybody's mind works differently. For sure. But I get the sense for a lot of folks, they've tried meditation, they've tried yoga, they've tried all these things, and it works to some extent. I mean, again, yeah. I, 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 I love it in concept and somewhat in practice. It just doesn't work that well for me is the problem. Um, and, you know, similar to you, uh, I got into carpentry. I decided to, I, I wanted to learn how to build stuff um, for no particular reason, really. I just kind of, yep. I wanted something that was creative. I wanted something that um, had a somewhat endless learning curve, you know, that I could always yep. kind of be picking up new things because I get bored easily. Um, and uh, I had some stuff I needed to build around the house. So <laughs> kind of all <laughs> right. together. Killed a whole flock with one stone there, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're tech great. And so uh, you said something that, that uh, really resonated with me. You said uh, you're going to bed at night and you're thinking about how you're going to build this chicken coop, right? And what I love about that, because I'm doing the same thing, I'm building a, an outdoor kitchen right now. And so I'm thinking about you know, joist hangers and trusses and you know, all these different things that, that uh, you need to be connected. All right. Hang on a second. 
you're not building an outdoor kitchen right now. You're building the outdoor kitchen. Yeah. Like I, I'm, I'm thinking about like asking you if I can just pitch a tent on that, on that balcony and just like live out there at this point. It, it's uh, it, yeah, it's way over engineered. Uh, and it, and what's interesting about it though, is um, because I'm doing all the work myself, you know, I'm doing like everything yeah. from the decking electrical, you know, do really literally everything. Um, uh, I've got to think about it extra hard because a lot of the stuff I've never done before. But yeah. here's what's important. And, and again, you touched on this and I, and I don't want to let this go. At the end of the night, before you fell asleep, you were thinking about the chicken coop. Yep. What you weren't thinking about <laughs> were a whole bunch of bullshit problems that you would be far better suited to solve tomorrow. Yeah. Right? That no matter how much you, you dwelled on them, at that very moment, incidentally, by the way, I'm bringing this up because at that moment where you need to get to sleep the most in order to solve all these problems and kind of be your best, you and, and, and I'm in the same boat, we found a way to put that energy, that nervous kind of anxious problem-solving energy into something so dumb, right? And, and, and I mean dumb in a good way, by the way. Uh, something so dumb, like all I'm thinking about is whether my ledger board's going to be 3.5 inches at apex off of where I'm going to end this deck, right? That's it. Yep. That yep. is not, um, it's such a solvable problem, right? All I have to do is move that board and screw it in and I'm golden, right? Yeah, just some um, math. So dramatically different than what used to not only uh, be my last thought, but my last thought that kept me up for hours, ruined my sleep, made my next day that much harder, and just kind of you know put me into a more stressful cycle. This active distraction isn't just about what we did for a couple hours you know, in, in any given day. This active distraction is something that can start to pick us up and yep. actually be the thing that breaks us from the stress, right? That, that has us stressing about dumb stuff, and again, I mean dumb in kind of a good way, that is actually a healthy stress, right? Yep. It's okay if you think about stuff before you go to bed and you're kind of a little stressed about it. So long as it's stuff that you like kind of know in your back of your head, you know, be okay. Yeah. There, there wasn't any stress around having to solve it, right? It was the kind of Correct. thing where like, there's a problem there. Let me think about it. Let me unwind it. Let me analyze it. But if I came up with the solution or I didn't, the outcome was essentially the same. The world wasn't going to end because I didn't figure out, you know, which side of the chicken coop I really wanted to put the, yeah, the, that, the uh, laying box, right? Didn't matter, right? Worth thinking about, need to make the decision. Um, but uh, the world wasn't going to stop spinning if I didn't figure it out. And, and so, so build on that, we have a certain amount of real estate that we can apply uh, for stress, right? I mean, there's just so much room that, that we can put. Yep. We choose what to put there. I think, you know, however we landed there, Ryan, you and I, we both figured out how to basically replace some of that real estate with the kind of stress that we'd rather be thinking about, right? And yeah, a lot of people, for sure. I, I hate to say this, but a lot of people keep trying to think of how do I get rid of stress? And I'm going to argue for many of us, you don't. There's a certain amount of stress you're always going to have. All you can do is try to shoehorn some new dumb stress into the problem. <laughs> In order to take up some of that real estate. Right. Dilute the stress with some other stress. Yeah, it works though. It, it, it's pretty it effective actually. Yeah. Yep. And in healthy. Um, and so for a lot of folks listening, you know, you're kind of thinking, huh, oh, well, that's kind of interesting. Maybe like, uh, you know, maybe I'm taking this stress and and uh, I should try some, you know, something else to put in there. It doesn't even matter what it is, right? Right. The, 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 the truth is you kind of need to be able to at least oscillate out of the stress that, you know, that is work 
into literally anything else. And, you know, it's funny because a lot of people are going to say, dude, that is not my problem, right? Like <laughs> I come uh-huh. home, I've got just as much stress at home as I right. had at work, right? In, in this and this. And so then there needs to be a third outlet, right? Yeah. The, 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 the point is the same, you know, no, no matter how many buckets of stress you have, you're looking to kind of wedge another one in there of yep. something that can just kind of clear your mind and get it out of there. Keep distracting yourself until it feels good, right? My, my dad used to come home stressed from the office and, and my mom had good radar for this. And she would go to the closet she would come back with the basketball and she'd just hit him in the stomach with it and tell him to go outside and, and he would go outside. <laughs> and that was the thing. Like, and it worked for him, right? He's a super oh, competitive know, right? guy. And so it gave him something else to worry about, right? He would go worry about hitting his jump shot or whatever. And, and that worked for him, right? He seemed to go out and pound the ball and uh, get rid of some of the stress and, and really just to distract himself, right? You know, I always thought of it as more of the physical aspect of what he was doing um, back then, right? Back when I would watch him do this and he'd go out and kind of just like work out his stress. Um, but what was really going on there was he was just spending enough time fully distracted from the stressors that they ceased to matter, right? He got out of Correct. the pattern of, of worrying about them. Yeah, I mean, from my standpoint, uh, when I'm on, I've got this workshop that I've got set up and, and when I'm on the workshop, the only thing on my mind is don't cut your fingers off. <laughs> that's, like, that's like my number one focus, which is a good focus to have, by the way, if you're around a bunch of spinning blades. But, yes. Uh, but that's so powerful. Right. Um, and I think for a lot of folks who have tried to like take time off or, you know, I try to kind of hang out and watch Netflix and try to play video games or something, man, I've done all of those things. And, you know, I love video games. I can play video games forever. What I found, incidentally, they actually don't take my stress away um, at all. They're a bit of a distraction, but they actually don't reduce stress for me. Um, again, tried yoga. Didn't work. Tried working out. Yeah. Didn't work. Um, I, I just I had to keep searching until I found something that could could really, you know, wedge the other uh, stressful real estate. That's a wrap for this episode of the Startup Therapy Podcast. This is Ryan Rutan on behalf of my partner, Will Schroeder, and all the Startups.com family thanking you for joining us. And we hope you'll continue to join us. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and comment on iTunes or wherever you love to listen to Startup Therapy. You can find all of our episodes at startups.com slash podcast. If you're looking for more amazing resources to launch or grow your startup, be sure to head to startups.com and check out Startups Unlimited. It's everything we have to offer from our online university to our amazing community of experts and founders, and even all the tools we've built like BizPlan, Fundable, and LaunchRock. It's everything a founder needs. Visit startups.com slash begin at startups.com slash B-E-G-I-N. You'll thank me later.